Hello, photography friends, and uh, welcome to another live chat episode. I'm Eugene Nagovietsky on behalf of M Photo. So pleased to welcome our guest today, Jermaine Horton, joining us all the way from Chicago. How are you doing today, Jermaine? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How, how's the weather over there in Chicago right now? Uh, it's about, what, 82 degrees right now, so it's feeling pretty good, feeling pretty good. All right. You guys, you guys out of this uh, huge heat wave or is that still coming or? Uh, we had a bit of a heat wave early on, but uh, it's kind of simmered down now. It's getting ready to go to that fall season sooner or later. So uh, right. weather's good, though. Excellent. Excellent. Now, we're so excited to have Jermaine here with us. He is a seasoned professional wedding photographer, a Sony ambassador, as well as an Enphoto lab ambassador, too. That we're going to discuss. Yes. Yeah, how to get more wedding photography clients. He's the perfect guy to sit down with to discuss that. In fact, he's going to be holding a workshop on how to shoot weddings from beginning to end taking place in Chicago. This will be on October 18th. More news about that will be live next week. Is that correct, Jermaine? What else can you tell us about this event? That is correct. Um, it is a wedding workshop that's going to teach you from beginning to end how to get the details, how to get the prep work, the uh, relationships between the couples that you're going to be shooting. And it's going to be at one of my favorite venues in Chicago, which is the Stan Mansion. Uh, it is an absolutely stunning, stunning venue, uh, amazing models. It's going to be like a real wedding. So not only can you build your portfolio, but you will understand all the intricate steps of what it takes to go through to have success at a wedding and shoot it live. All right. Well, sounds perfect. In the description of the event, we have included links to Jermaine's website, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to follow along on those in the coming days and through next week to hear more about this event. Again, October 18th in Chicago. You're not going to want to miss it from beginning to end, how to shoot a wedding. Now, we're in the middle of the summer, Jermaine, which is kind of typically the busy season uh, for wedding photographers. I was curious to ask you, how do you get through the busy season? Uh, what do you do to handle all the work and maybe even the stress kind of of the high season? Um, it's I like to keep everything smooth. Uh, I have a system that I have in place uh, for the busy season. Uh, it, and it just starts with the very, what I like to call the basics or what's mundane for us. Um, as soon as a wedding is over with, um, there's no letting files sit around. We dump the footage same night to make sure that we can get everything processed uh, so it gets uh, into the funnel for editing or whatnot. But I love having systems in place, uh, things like HoneyBook, which is one of my favorites that I use uh, to manage my clients and my schedule and a healthy dose of video games in between. They kind of uh, keeps keeps my mind just focused and um, keeps me relaxed and my sports. Um, you know, I, what we do is, well, I'm going to say me. Uh, what I do is I like to set up boundaries and set up things that uh, give me relief. And for me, I'm a diehard sports fan. So I don't even take weddings on the days that my Bears actually play in Chicago. Um, so it's just putting balance and things in structure, uh, but also have organization. And for me, the biggest thing is those management systems. Uh, I remember back in the day, I was using email uh, with, with paper contracts. And now we have these uh, 
formulas and systems that allow us to just manage everything. So uh, busy season, even though it's busy, uh, we keep it quite productive and still make sure that we have time for the number one thing, which is family. All right. Yes. And that's important to uh, make sure you have that time for the downtime for yourself, for your family and Absolutely. things like that. Has it has it been a good summer to use for, for, for you and your business so far? Yes. Uh, business has been uh, booming. I I will say ever since the pandemic kind of happened, uh, my couples have been extremely excited to get back out there to go forward with their weddings. Uh, some of them did the micro weddings where it was maybe like 10 to 15 people there total. Uh, and then here in Chicago, we got relieved of all the restrictions. So uh, we were allowed to have weddings to the biz biggest magnitude, uh, vaccinations. Uh, we've made sure that myself was vaccinated, but also every member of my team was vaccinated as well. So that way we're not prohibited from not able to capture our clients' uh, most amazing day. Uh, but then also we still even wore masks too. So even uh, during these times, we just made sure we followed the protocols. Um, even during this busy wedding season, our couples have been phenomenal. Uh, it starts with that pre-consultation with speaking with them, telling them what we expect and um, you know how we are. And it just made life so much easier. Yeah. And let us know in the audience um, what it is that you try to do to get through the busy season to kind of make sure that you're not overwhelmed or overworked. Let us know how your summer is going and how things are in your area. Do you believe kind of the worst uh, has passed with all of this? I mean, I don't want to touch on what happened last year and kind of what we're in the middle of. Everybody knows all about it. But do you right. feel like we're kind of past the worst of it and that things have recovered? I, I don't know. Um, with this new variant, I'm, I'm not sure. Um you know, you have people that have made decisions to get vaccinated or not to get vaccinated. And, um, you know, here, if you're not vaccinated, it, it comes with um, it, it comes with a lot of red tape with things that you can and can't do. Um, yeah. And then it's a trickle down effect for everything else. Uh, so we've just been trying to follow protocols and what we can. But uh, it's just me and my team. But uh, here in America, it's it's really different, man. You know, people have their opinions on being vaccinated and not being vaccinated. And um, I am no scientist, but, you know, according to the media and the news, they're saying we're starting to trend backwards. Um, there's a lot of restrictions going back in place. So I, I truly hope not. Um, I, I truly love what I do. I, I love my clients and I want them to all to experience their amazing day. And I want to be a part of it. Um, but it's one of those things you just never know. And me personally, I don't see them shutting the country back down again uh, with as much money as the country lost. And people care about their coins. So I, I don't see that happening at all whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this that is true with this new uh, variation going on out around there. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I kind of I kind of tend to agree with you uh, almost globally that. Um, I don't think the world is going to go through another lockdown, <laughs> lockdown like, I don't like we did so last year. You know, cross our fingers yeah. a little bit, knock on wood. And um, you know, I'm gonna... restrictions. I don't see lockdown though. Maybe restrictions though. Yeah, that, that's true. But you know, I don't. I don't want to dwell on this topic again. This is something that uh, I'm sure we're all tired of, right. of hearing about. Maybe we'll come back. <laughs> exactly. We'll come back around to it at the end in terms of what to do if something does happen again. But gotcha. um, for now, we'll, we'll put it back on the shelf. And and I want to ask you for the people just joining us. Like, how long have you been a professional uh, wedding photographer, Jermaine? Um, I have been. Oh, so that the trick to that is the professional photographer. 
Um, okay. I got started, uh, I want to say, when my, my daughter is nine now, when she was one years old, oh. I was literally tracking down a photographer to shoot photo uh, shoot photos of my daughter because I wanted to capture those moments because I was not a photographer. I'd never even had a camera at that point. And when I reached out to this guy, I was literally emailing and texting him, inboxing him, did not get back to me like months later. And at that point, I decided to go to Best Buy, bought me a camera, went to YouTube University, and <laughs> I started learning how to do photography that way. And I want to say three years after that, four years after that, I became a professional photographer. So it's been, uh, I'm in my fifth year of being a professional photographer. All right. And I was going to get to this part of it too, of how you kind of got started. And, and you started to mention that, that uh, it was something when your daughter was around a year old, you, you just kind of needed a photographer. So you kind of took did. it up, took it up on yourself. Um, and, and so did it really just kind of come out of that necessity or, or was there always a love you had for photography or how did it evolve from that into, into where you are today? I, I was not one of those people that had this love for photography. Um, hmm. I only got in it because I really wanted some photos for my daughter. I wanted, I, she was, it was Easter and she had this amazing outfit and it, that's when I really wanted him to capture that. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not going to keep begging somebody to take my money, you know? And so <laughs> I, I took my money and I went to Best Buy, bought a camera. I said, well, how hard could this be? And I had no idea how hard it was, you know, getting into photography, just picking up a camera like that doesn't happen. You don't just pick up a camera. So uh, I did some learning. And when I saw the results of my daughter's photo, I I was almost moved to tears because I was like, wow, I took this. Now, granted, back then it wasn't the best photo, but it was still my baby. So it was it was beautiful to me. And mm -hmm. With that, I knew that I was never going to put a camera down after that. It all started with my daughter. Um, and I'm so happy that I was able to make that decision because it was the best decision ever was to pick up a camera. And it all started because somebody decided not to answer emails and follow up. So that's something I learned with business. Make sure you follow up. Goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and do you consider maybe now, but uh, let's kind of go back to then. Do you consider yourself as an artistic person? Were you somebody who was always leaning towards artistic um, expressions, uh, things, or or was it really just something out of a need that you found and, and you now have fallen in love with it? Um, I, for me, uh, I, I fell in love with this. Um, if anybody knows me, they know that I'm, I love being a father. That is the number one thing for me. And anything that allows me to freeze time to keep those moments is what made me fall in love with this. And uh, I've been a creative person. I used to do art. Um, I used to be a very good artist with drawing, but never in a million years that I think about photography. It was never something that came across that was like, okay, this is something I'll possibly get into. It was literally by this attitude that I have that if you tell me I can't do something, I'll show you that I can do it and probably in most cases better than you. Um, so it, and with that, that's that's where it all stemmed from. It's my competitive nature and and my creative side, I guess you could say a blend of the two. OK, mm hmm. 
I like to highlight that too, as well for anybody listening. Is it, it? You don't have to be some some predisposed, you know, artist to to be able to pick up a camera. You can be, but just again, like, some internal drive, some competitiveness, some desire to do great. You know, right. especially as a professional, that that can go a long way. Uh, now, Jermaine, we're connecting with you for right now as a wedding photographer. But as you stated, you do sports photography. I know you do so much other type of photography. Correct. And I want to highlight on something else that you do as well. That's this the, the Art of Confidence uh, project. Um, if you could just tell our listeners more about that and how that came about. Well, my Art of Confidence came up, uh, project came about because there were many uh, children of color that were going through situations and circumstances, um, particularly uh, with hair discrimination, not being allowed to take school photos, not being allowed to uh, be enrolled in school because their hair was deemed a distraction. And there was a young lady that was uh, Marion Scott. She's in Jackson, Michigan. And her story was they did not allow her to take school photos because she had red streaks in her hair. However, there were other children that were Caucasian and other ethnicities that were not black, that were allowed to have like blue streaks and mohawks and all these different other um hairstyles but she wasn't allowed to have this because it wasn't considered natural and so when i heard the story i hopped on it and i said hey i would love to give this amazing child a photo shoot of her own to show her just how amazing she is and the photos went viral and from that birthed my art of confidence project and so now it's um we empower and restore the confidence of children of color all throughout the united states um, I've had opportunities to go global, but my thing is I'm not trying to focus on other countries. I really want to focus on right here in America with so many issues and problems that we have right in our back doors. And I want to use my gift to help children. And it's not just with discrimination. It's children that have deformities. I've had a young lady that had cancer. She was um, eight years old, Amaya, and went to school, had a wig because from the treatment and chemo, her hair was falling out and someone snatched her wig off and ran around with it and paraded it. And at that point she felt like her being bald was a curse, it was ugly. And went down to Texas and did an amazing shoot for this beautiful young lady. And those photos just took off as well too. And from that moment, she understood her beauty. We were able to let her get her power back by rewriting her own story. Uh, she snatched her own wig off and showed people how beautiful she was with that. So um, it, that's what our project is truly all about. And we're so excited to help these children all across the country. It's such a beautiful project. I, you know, I came across it uh, looking at your website and as we got to know each other more for the uh, Photo Ambassador and everything. And so it's really such a beautiful thing. And is this something where you are just waiting for people to kind of reach out to you or are there instances where you're kind of looking around as well? Or how do, how do you find the people that you end up documenting for this project? Um, when, it, when it comes to this, usually uh, we get tagged in it on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is... I love Instagram. I, I love Twitter. It's one of my favorite places to go to, even though I talk more sports than anything else on there than photography. But with Facebook, it's like a community of people that you can not just share photos, but you can have conversations about topics and everybody can chime in, share it of what's going on and have more context to it because videos allow and everything else uh, going live or whatnot. 
And with this, I'm typically tagged anytime that something is taking place of this nature uh, on Facebook. And they'll say, hey, there is a young lady all the way in, in this area that's dealing with such and such and such and such. And we'll reach out. Typically, you'll have the news that are reporting on it. So they've already vetted the story. So it makes it easier for us to take it on. And then we talk to the parents at, at, at that time. And and then we move forward and decide if it's for us. And again, our mission is to empower and restore their confidence. So if they feel that their confidence has not been destroyed and they're on top of their game, then that's not a project for us. But if it's a child just like, I'm damaged, you know, I don't know if I can recover from this. I don't know if I am beautiful. Then that's when we come in and that's when we want to give the best support we can give. Yeah. It's such a powerful thing and it's such a beautiful way to use the skills that you have and to really show the power of professional photography. Not that any other forms don't, you know, enhance and, and show the beauty of photography, Correct. but this particular thing is is really phenomenal. So I encourage all of our viewers out there to go to Jermaine's website and, and click on the Art of Confidence tab at the top and really just see what tremendous stuff uh, he is doing out there. Um not really a good way to segue, but uh, I want to kind of segue into our uh, topic for today of how to get more wedding photography clients. So forgive me, the abrupt segue. No, I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know, you know, I know this question is so general, but for the time being, then, like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask how wedding, how can wedding photographers uh, get more clients? I would say. And I know this is going to sound maybe cliche or to maybe some folks, they may say, yeah, right. Be yourself. Um, what I've noticed is a lot of wedding photographers, when they get around their clients, they're not themselves. They're this super professional person that's like, um, you know, they're not their personality. It's like, um, all right, this is me. Hey, how are you? Good to meet you. Good to see you. Like, it's so proper to where people are like, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel genuine. Versus when me personally, I have a very, very loud personality. Um, I'm usually the loudest person in the room. Um, and when I see my clients and I walk into the room, girl, what's happening? Oh, you looking good today. Is it the oil level layer the Mary Kay? Cause you're looking good. You know, so I'm just being silly, just myself. And what happens is it creates this bond between you and that client to where before you could even get to your next wedding or before that wedding is even over with, because you're yourself, the couple is going to be talking to everyone around them about you. And then people like the bridesmaids and the groomsmen will also notice what's taking place. And then they're going to be singing your praises. Oh my goodness. He was so fun. He was so cool. So create like all of these different things of who you are is what makes people really want to buy into you because people don't buy into the products. They really buy into you. Um, it's certain things that I know for a fact that I didn't buy because the product was amazing. I actually brought it. The product was good, but also the person sold me on it and the person behind it, the mission behind it, the message behind it. That's what actually sold me. And so I've adopted that into my lifestyle when it comes to wedding photography. I am myself. They know what they're getting in the pre-consultation. You know that 
I'm a diehard Bears fan, sports fan. I love my Bulls, my White Sox. You're going to know that I curse a lot or a little, sometimes depends. But I usually attract, it's the law of attraction. What I put out there, I usually attract. And I love that my clients are the way that they are, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm. Okay, so just just being yourself, and, yes. and I gotta say, I was I was born and raised around Chicago. I'm a huge sports fan. I'm all yes. the uh, restraint I can not to just bust out talking sports with you right now. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm I on love the it. clock. I'm on the clock for professional photography and photo related material. So, um, but okay, yeah. So just being yourself, and I want to back up a little bit there and ask you this question. Then, when when there's somebody who uh, is interested in your photography service, like what is the process that they go through? You're talking about being yourself at the wedding, but I know there's a lot that probably goes into it before that day comes. So, what is it like uh, working with Jermaine Horton, and what is like the Jermaine Horton experience like from the very beginning, kind of through through to the end? Uh, do you mean as the, as the clients or as the as, photographers? As the, well, as the clients. So if I'm somebody who's uh, going to get married and I'm, I'm kind of interested gotcha. in reaching out to you to see what it's going to be like and, and all this kind of stuff. Well, the first thing, they're going to go to my website. Um, I'm not really doing too much conversation and DMs, uh, hmm. you know, but people find me on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook. And word of mouth and usually they'll shoot me a message in my inbox hey i saw you at such and such are you available at this time or day and i'll tell them hey go to my website let's let's talk um they'll contact me and then it goes through my channel my process that we talked about with organization before which is my honey book and it allows it, it pulls up an inquiry it lets me know if i have something on that day already um and then we end up having a conversation i'm i'm one of those people I'm not about to be emailing you three and four times. That very first email, I'm responding. I'm available at this time. I'm available at this time. Which time works best for you? And typically, I'm asking either same day or next day. And the reason why is because I book so fast. I don't have time for someone to say, hey, are you available next week or the next two weeks first to talk? No, I may not be. So while you may want to take that opportunity and chance, I cannot guarantee you that I'll be available. So I tell them right away, look, I'm available at, I give them two times on one day and then two times the very next day. And they'll say if they're available or not, because if you give them too many options, then they're going to give you their own option. And I like to keep the ball in my court. And so once we have that conversation, I just let my personality and I, I'm myself and it lets me know what kind of client that I'm dealing with. Uh, it has a question on a questionnaire that asks, Hey, what's something that I need to know about you all? And they'll answer that question. Then we'll kind of go into it. Um, a lot of people are from Illinois, so they're either White Sox or Cubs fans or diehard Bears fans. And so we always try to find something that I can latch on to and reel them in with what connects us. Once I find what connects us, we go from there. And then it's just being yourself. And they appreciate the fact that I can be myself because on a wedding day, there's so much anxiety. There's so much nervousness that's taking place on a day. They're anxious and they want someone that's not going to be a robot, but someone that's going to have personality to make them feel like I can laugh with this person. I can be myself around this person. I don't have to feel like I have to put on this facade because not he's this professional person. Yes, we're professional, but we're also human. And when you can build the relationship, around the things that connect you, then it makes it so much easier when you all are together. So this is the reason why typically after weddings, 
my clients end up becoming my maternity clients once they're pregnant. After they're pregnant, they're having babies. I'm doing the baby photos. I'm doing family photos. When they start a business, I'm doing branding photos. I'm referred for almost everything for their photography needs. So I become not their wedding photographer anymore. I'm their lifelong, I'm their lifetime photographer. So any monumental events I'm taking place that's taking place, I'm a part of it. All right. And I actually, I really like that how you uh don't give them so much time. You do it on a necessity, Absolutely. perhaps because you are so busy, but I, I think even if you're just starting off, that's, a, that's even if I'm not busy. Even yeah, I'm not busy. <laughs> I can have those next two weeks available, but I don't want them to know I'm not busy. I need them to understand that I am busy, though. Exactly. And that's the way I see it. And it's also I like it, too, because like you say, you get uh, very early, you get a chance to really meet them. And that's yep. when you can really sell, you know, who you are as a person and make that connection. And they, that's so that's a really good that's a really good uh, idea for anybody listening to to think to try themselves. Mm-hmm. As you're the not busy. Yeah, the yep, sense of urgency. It's a sense of urgency and fear of loss. You know, if mm-hmm. you put those two together, if you master those two, a sense of urgency and a fear of loss. They came to you for a reason. And I know with my couples, I've literally had people change their wedding dates to have me as their photographer. Um, And I understand that when I have these conversations, I need to give them that sense of urgency. Like, hey, you know, I book very fast. I book a year and sometimes a year and a half out. So if I'm what you're looking for, I would suggest that we speak right away. And if you love what you hear, let's not sit on it. Let's move forward. And then the fear of loss of you know, there could be another inquiry in my setting is even if you inquire on a date, that date is not yours until you have the retainer paid for it and the contract signed. So it's open in anything. So now that fear of loss is, oh, my goodness, I don't want to lose out on this person. I saw what he did at my best friend's wedding. So what is it that I have to do? Let me hurry up and put this retainer down. Let me hurry up and get him booked, you know, and and that has been something that has helped me with my business. Um, and, and that's also part of sales, too. Yeah, well said. I want to focus on the website too for a second because that is usually one of the first places that people go. I want to get to social media in a second as well. This kind of applies to all that, but let's focus on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's so true that the, the personality of a photographer is very important for the potential clients and the clients they do get and attracting people and things like this. Uh, what are some ways that you or other photographers might be able to express their personality, even on like their website? Is it just a matter of like having pictures that show you like smiling and laughing? Is it something about the way it's written? What are some ways photographers can try to express their personality, even on their website? Um, being you, you know, again, mm-hmm. true to yourself. If, if you're a family person, Put your kids on your website, relate to individuals that have children or one day want to have children. If you are full of personality, have something that shows your personality. It, it really depends. Uh, my website is more straightforward and straight to the point. My pricing is listed there. I don't have time to be going back and forth over pricing like it's there. You know what it is. You know mm-hmm. what the budget is. If you need add ons and everything else, we could talk about that later. But um, when it when it comes to that, it's. I'm, it's pretty straightforward. It's mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. And that's one thing too. You hear a lot of debate about pricing. You, as you mentioned, you put the pricing right on your website, I so do. anybody can see it. Um, and that works for you. That's something that has worked for you because I know there are some photographers who you know really right. try to hide it. They don't try to make it public. Uh, but to for each you, their own. yeah, to each their own. I think sometimes they do it because also 
you have other photographers in your market that will try to undercut you, see what it is that you're paying, uh, what your pricing is. And so they'll say, oh, this person charged 4,000. Okay, I'll tell them mine is 3,500. And most people think that because you're cheaper that and more affordable, that that's just what's going to sway a client. And that's not the case because I've literally had clients because we don't just do photography. We do videography. We, we are a full service company with Jermaine Horton Photography. And we offer so much outside of just the norm. And so typically my clients will spend close to 10 grand or even 12 grand for both services. And it's giving them value. The thing I tell people all the time is when you judge other people's pockets is when you start getting money taken out of your own pockets. You never know what people are willing to go the lengths to to go ahead and book you. I mean, look at my, look at Jordan shoes. Jordan shoes are no less than 200 bucks, maybe 180. Um, you look at Yeezys that maybe can be anywhere between three to six hundred dollars that people will end up spending money on and wait in line for. It's people that will wait in line for PlayStations overnight, you know. So it's value and what you have and what you're selling. So I present value. And my thing is you can't go to Nike, you cannot go to Kanye and to Yeezys, you can't go to Sony and the PlayStation and say, Hey, let's negotiate this price. What if no? That's not how this works, you know. And so once you understand the value of what you have, then you will understand that you don't have to undercut yourself. You don't have to worry about the competition. You don't worry about anything else because everything is about you and the service that you provide to your clients. And people will notice that they understand that. And my clients and typically other people's clients will also know, too, like if you start bad mouthing other photographers and their rates, they're probably going to be like, mm, maybe it's something with you. You know, I, I never do that. You know, I, I never even bring up other photographers. I just talk about what I can provide. And when you do that, they see how genuine you are. And that's how you reel them in. And, and they're your clients for life. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I want to go to social media now for a second, because it's, yeah. it's a very important part of the puzzle in this day and age. And um, what are some ways that um, well, not yet. So that, I don't know if I said Facebook, but just social media in general, and 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 uh, how can wedding photographers kind of effectively use uh, social social media to to get more clients? Um, again, that's kind of a general thing. But what's kind of the first thing that might come to your mind, or some some things that you try to do to make sure that you are getting the most out of social media and using it as effectively as possible? Uh, find what works for you, and I know some people will say that one platform is better than the other. However, find a platform that works best for you. Instagram, I love Instagram. And as much as I love Instagram, the bulk of my business does not come from Instagram. Um, it's really Facebook. And a lot of people are tired of Facebook. I get it, but it works for me. And I would say over 70% of my social media inquiries come from Facebook. Facebook is more community driven versus Instagram. Instagram is the what's in the now and people just trending and whatnot, where the bulk of my business comes from referrals. And most people that I know are typically on Facebook. They're friends with other people on Facebook. So when they're looking for something, hey, here's Jermaine at, and they're at me and they can reach me and have a conversation. They can find certain things. Um, Instagram is about I would say the other percent, the other 40%, you know, and it works for me. Twitter, 
I, I suck when it gets clients. I cannot get clients on Twitter. I tip, and I think it's because I typically use only Twitter for talking so much sports that people forget I'm a photographer. <laughs> so Twitter is my jam though, but that's what works for me. Uh, maybe YouTube every now and then I'll get a client from, but it's majority from uh, Facebook and it's also from word of mouth. And when you use these platforms, even with Instagram, I look at my insights. I'm very particular about my insights. And I go by when most of my followers are online that it says that they're on. And that's when I'll post. I mean, your insights give you a full detailed list of when you should post and how you should post, what days your your um, your followers are on. You know, is it Wednesday at noon? If that's the biggest time, then that's when I'm going to be posting because I feel like that's when I get the most out of the things that I do post. But what I've noticed is doing more stories has absolutely helped as well, too. Uh, it's these algorithms. Instagram's algorithm. I cannot explain that thing. It is the most awkward, weird thing in the world to me. But I noticed when I started doing more stories, it started getting more engagement, uh, either Facebook or Instagram, mainly Instagram. So it's just finding a platform that works for you, even if it's TikTok. I know a lot of people that get business off of TikTok. Um, it's just that I feel like when we focus on too many social media channels, it takes you away from other production that you could be doing. Um, and I'm all about my P's, which is proper preparation prevents poor performance. So for me to prepare, I usually will delegate certain things to other people. And I highly suggest other people doing it. If you feel like you don't have the time to be posting on all these social channels, call someone that that's, that's their jam. That's what they do. They, they specialize in it. So it takes so much responsibility off of you and it allows you to do the things that you're great at. Can I get those P's again? Uh, that was great. I want to write them down. <laughs> uh, proper preparation prevents poor performance. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. And I want to, you know, so I'm hearing for you, Facebook is what works for you. You mentioned Instagram and you mentioned stories, mm -hmm. how uh, you find that when you're doing stories, they tend to be really uh, a good engagement for you. What are, again, I know it's more from, from what's working for you, but what is working for you with the stories? Is it some like behind the scenes stuff? Is it you kind of just talking about something in your studio? What are some kind of stories that, uh, that you do that are working for you? I do. Um, I just do me, um, mm -hmm. whether it's behind the scenes, whether it's I'm at the gym getting up, because I think sometimes when people see your business and all they see is a business, they're like, where's the personality? I want them to know I'm just like them. You know, I'm that same person that struggles with going to the gym because I like being lazy, don't feel like doing certain things certain days. And people relate to that. They're like, oh, well, shit, I didn't want to go to the gym today either. Yeah, well, guess what? Me either. But, you know, and then I'll show them, well, I finally made it to the gym. And they're like, oh, I guess I'll go too. And it's just some of those things that kind of makes people feel like you're human versus you're just this machine. And all you post is photography. I'll post some tennis lessons like, hey, um, even while I'm here editing, I'm out here with my daughter supporting her with tennis today. And then I'll show them, hey, closing up the laptop, focusing on family. And it just really puts things in perspective when people are typically searching for themselves inside of you. So if you're such a family person, they're like, I want to be a part of whatever he's doing because we value the same things. And so I may put behind the scenes, I'll put how I edit certain things sometimes. I'll put in 
Um, especially after every wedding, I usually do a selfie with my couples and I post them up. And now at every wedding, if I get ready and I'm leaving out or I'm so busy, Hey, don't forget our selfie. It's like, it, it works because now it's embedded in their head because they followed you and watched you and what you do. And once people understand that they want to be a part of it. So when you make an environment that people want to be a part of it, it just makes it so much easier. So that's what I usually do when I'm dealing with my stories. All right. And being yourself, you know, you, you practice what you preach. You're being yourself on your Instagram stories as well. And then, like you say, the people that you are comfortable working with, the people will kind of follow. They will see it and they will gravitate towards you. It's, it's doing a lot. Some, some of the work for you in terms of getting getting mm -hmm. clients as well and you know people have all have heard by now that instagram is kind of making this switch from from a Correct. picture posting site to a video but that doesn't seem to bother you it seems like the, again it seems the video content is working well for you on instagram yes yes um yeah. because we, we do video too and so we mm -hmm. also post our our wedding videos that we do i have another one that is going up today as a matter of fact so once we're done here, I'll be posting up one of my uh, video films that I just recently did. So absolutely. All right. And so if you're a fellow wedding photographer, any photographer for that matter, who's a little apprehensive about the switch of Instagram being a more video-based platform, Jermaine just gave you some great ideas of things you can do to engage with your audience. The main message, though, being yourself, being yourself. Absolutely. And all this talk about social media and this digital day and age, but how about kind of the old-fashioned person-to-person -person community network. Is that something that is still relevant uh, in the business oh, world yes. for photographers today? Absolutely. Um, the only problem is that COVID has happened and that's the reason mm -hmm. why we can't do what we normally would do. Me personally, I used to go to these things called Wedding Wednesdays here in Illinois. Um, it's when wedding professionals, they get together. It's like once a month and you meet other videographers, photographers, planners, um, people that do decor, bakers, um, venue owners. And because of COVID, we have not been able to do those kind of things. And so it kind of stopped the traditional network that we would do. But I'm a firm believer that nothing beats face to face. Uh, the internet is great, but sometimes when a person can see you, I, I always call it, I call it the meeting after the meeting. And what I mean by that is typically let's say you have a business lunch, right? Or you have a business meeting and you go into the meeting, you have the meeting, the meeting's over with. People know what you're projecting and things that you're talking about. And they're like, oh, okay, that was the meeting because that's who you are in that meeting. However, typically after the meeting, people will say, hey, we're going out to go get some drinks. And most people will say, nah, I'm gonna go home, meeting's over with. But it's that meeting after the meeting is where everything takes place. That's when they decide if they want to do business with you. And that's why I like person to person events and things where you can go to and meet certain people, because when they see your personality, they may have got an inquiry from somebody in their email that said, hey, I would love to work with you one day. And you're like, oh, this person has some really good work. But in their mind, they're always saying, I wonder what they're like. However, if you're at that event, you can kind of jump in front of that person because now that person had the chance to meet you and know who you are. So I am one of those people I love, love, love being in front of individuals so that they can make a decision right then and there if they want to be bothered with me or not, because I'm doing the same thing as well, too. I'm smiling because I totally, totally agree 
with everything you said there. It works for work. I was big in sports growing up. Those were those moments when the the weekends away with the team, that was when you really bonded. That was when you really made your friends. It wasn't at the practice. It was was at those getaway Mm -hmm. weekends and things like that. Uh, I'm just, uh, for good measure, I'm posting Jermaine's uh, website and uh, Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to check them out for some more awesome information about all that we're talking about today and and more so the traditional community again covid is kind of dampened things a little bit but it's still alive and well and i know once covid yes. passes it's going to be there maybe even more so people are eager to get back in person with each other and to put away the facebook and zooms and things like this so yep. do not neglect that even in the 21st century uh find places to meet that's the message that jermaine is given is being repeated and repeated being yourself and the best way to be yourself is to be yourself in person with these people i'm loving this i am absolutely loving this uh let me catch my place here um okay so you mentioned some uh you know some wedding related meetups that might happen what are maybe some other places for wedding photographers that can be beneficial for them to look into in their community uh, in a more traditional networking sense um, I love conferences, mm-hmm. uh, photography conferences, uh, like WPPI. I'll be there in August. I'm actually teaching on that Monday for WPPI, but also I am judging, uh, for WPPI for as well for the artwork and the portraits is going to pre- be presented. I'm excited for that, but it was at WPPI that I've met some of the most instrumental people that are in my life today as photographers. I love, uh, I have certain friends that do like photo kickbacks. Uh, Daryl uh, Hoshing out in Canada is a really good friend of mine, Omer uh, out in Vegas, Omer Khan, uh, Daryl Wilkerson out here in Illinois, uh, in Chicago. So anytime that you can be around people that you consider family and friends, um, that that's when it all comes together. And I hear a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to photo conferences. And I'm just like, sometimes you don't even know what you're missing. You're so worried about um, the things that don't make you productive. And what I mean by that is some people say, well, I feel like if I go to other photography conferences, I'm taking on other people's styles. And that's not the case at all. I, I feel like you get to meet other people. You get to find people that have gone through withdrawals and have hit those those brick walls that maybe you have hit. And you're like, man, how do I get over them? And then you start connecting with people that you realize are just as human as you. And I feel like when you do that, you you create a unique connection. And once that connection is created, typically doors open up in other areas for one person that if you made that connection, they can open up those same doors for you as well, too. And so because of it, I've had a chance to meet some of the most insane people like Jared Giannis is one of my favorite, favorite photographers in the world. Um, I went to one of his conferences and it changed my life and my business. Ever since I went to that conference, it changed my business. And then I started my own conference, the JH Experience, my workshop. And I've had people that came to my workshop that said, oh, my God, it changed everything for my business. And now they're hosting their own workshops and and they're teaching. And and for me, I, I just feel like when you can be a part of the community, it only makes the community bigger and greater if you're a great person added to it. Absolutely. I love this message. Absolutely. And you can find a great printing lab at photo uh, shows as well. WPP imaging and photo lab. Of course, we are sure to hit all the big ones and even some of the smaller ones too. Mm -hmm. Um, So do not hesitate going out to some of the 
uh, photo conferences. And those will always have opportunities as well to meet people on the side, kind of those informal yep. gatherings after hours, so to speak. Uh, I've been to a few myself. I know what that's like. And yeah, they usually nice. are always so memorable and great bonding experiences as well. So that's that's great insight, Jermaine, uh, as well. Now, I want to, we've talked about kind of the beginning. We're talking about the beginning of how to get more clients. Uh, how about, you mentioned this a little earlier in the interview, what are some things wedding photographers can do to get their clients to keep coming back even after the wedding day? I know a lot of times wedding photographers, they might only focus on the wedding, but those clients are still able to come back uh, if, if you give them a reason to. So what are some ways that photographers can give their clients uh, a reason to come back to them after the wedding? Um, it depends. Um, some photographers, and and again, this is to each their own. I, I feel like it, it's whatever you're comfortable with. And for me, I shoot everything. And not everyone is comfortable with that. Some people are like, hey, when the wedding is over with, it's over with. I don't want to be bothered with anything else. Uh, me personally, I, I like to create that connection. And typically after that wedding or even during that wedding, I know for a fact because of my personality, and what I bring that bridesmaids and groomsmen are discussing, even when they have not even seen the photos from that particular wedding, how they want me at their wedding just because of who I am and my personality that was taking place at that time. And then when that wedding is over with and they see those photos, they're like, oh, my goodness, I cannot have you not be my photographer for anything else. And so I always tell them, like, hey, you know, even after the wedding with the follow up, when they get their photos and I send them the online gallery there's a message that I send into it. And it's, hey, if you guys decide to start popping those babies out, let me know. I want to be the person that starts to get you as you start developing and even then and after. And then I just hone in a relationship about how this is not just what I do, but because they follow me on my platforms, they know that I do more than just wedding photography. So they say, hey, I want to be a, be a part of what you're doing. Oh my goodness, he did a maternity shoot. I want him to do me as well. And, and now when weddings are slow and we all have that period sometimes when weddings are slow or you know you just may get burnt out and want to do something else it opens up lanes for you to do other things such as maternity photography it could be family photography it could be uh product photography i shoot for hilton i shoot for many other major brands uh during the off season that's on their websites as we speak right now that most people will never even know about but that's more money, more income, but also more things to put in your portfolio. So when things happen like a government shutdown and you're like, well, we can't do weddings anymore. So what can we do? You know, we were doing family photos from a distance, socially distancing, because families were like, oh, my goodness, we don't know when the next time we'll see each other or have time to spend together. And they were buying prints like crazy. They were buying albums like crazy. So that supplemented some of the income. But then on top of that, businesses have not spent money. And they're like, hey, well, these marketing dollars got to go somewhere. And so they were taking people on to do food photography for their menus and for other things. So these are just ways. And a lot of the times your clients are the people that can get you to where you want to go. And typically we're asking other photographers like, hey, how can I get into this? How can I get in that? Your clients are the ones that can probably get you in the door quicker than another photographer can. Uh, one of my clients works for the Chicago Tribune. I was able to get credentials to go to several games and uh, shoot certain things. Through my Art of Confidence project, I was able to meet the AD of uh, 
out of a Michigan, one of the schools in Michigan and in a Mac league. And that's how I ended up getting credentialed for the whole season for Western Michigan university. You know, so it's usually your clients that have those openings for you, but you have to build the relationship and talk to them and get to know them. And once, and it's okay to share your dreams and aspirations with them because they'll help you get there. And that is the joining. And some people feel like they have to be the know-it-all. They have to be the be-all, be-all and feel like they're superior to their client when your client and you should have a relationship where it's healthy for each other. And when you have that, they'll go through walls and beyond to make your dreams come true because you've already did it for them. Well said, well said. Again, right now, you do so much, Jermaine, uh, with photography, but right now we're connecting kind of as as wedding photographer. And this is another one of these things that's debated. It goes back and forth, depends on who you ask. How do you feel about wedding photographers promoting perhaps multiple genres of photography that they do? Is that something like for you, you seem to be comfortable with it, but do you think mm -hmm. there's any problem of maybe diluting uh, their clientele or taking away from the wedding if they're showing also sports and, and maternity or something like, or, or is it's okay. It sounds like I'm getting if photographers um, advertise a little bit of everything that they do. I like it because it opens doors for everything. Um, because if you're in wedding photography, at some point, you may decide you don't want to shoot weddings anymore anyway. You may decide that you want to go on to do other things. And that's when you really find what your niche and your passion is. But I've shot some things for a uh, perfect example. One of my favorite athletes in the WNBA, I was shooting the Chicago Sky and Indiana Fever. Cheyenne Parker is now a very good friend of mine. Not only have I done her portraits for her, she's also getting ready to expect the baby. She's already hired me to do her maternity session. So now I'm shooting a celebrity's maternity. And when they get married, guess who's doing the wedding? So they have seen the scope of everything that I've done. I have athletes that when they say, man, I love that shot. You got me getting a touchdown, bro. When I get married, I'm coming to you. You know, so it, it's everything that goes hand in hand. It doesn't stop you. And sports photography has made me a better wedding photographer. Wedding photography has made me a better sports photographer. These things have made me look at the different genres differently and has allowed me to add certain pieces to it that only has made me better. And for me on my wedding, I have a wedding page for my Instagram, which is Jermaine Horton Photography. But I don't promote my sports on that page. I have another Instagram for that, which is Jermaine. Uh, I'm sorry, it's JH Sports Picks, P I X with an X. And so people can see my sports there, you know, or they can go to my website and see it. Uh, my portraits, it's a link in my bio. If you want to, don't want to see weddings, go to my portrait page, you know, and that has my portraits versus that. So it's, it's having a place and knowing how to strategically do certain things. And not every photographer can do what the next photographer does. It depends on your relationships and it also depends on your brand. My brand is people know I shoot everything. Mainly weddings is what I do. Sports is second. And then portraits is third. Well, sports and portraits are the same for me because equal about, right? But it has a place to where individuals understand, man, this guy does it all. And then they get bragging rights at weddings and say, hey, my photographer shoots for the Big Ten. He shoots for Ohio State, my alma mater, you know, or University of Illinois. It only helps, you know. So if people are telling other photographers, 
don't do that. That was the worst advice that I ever got was a photographer that told me, if you do weddings, stick to weddings. That same person that told me to stick to weddings is out of business right now. And I'm thankful that I did not listen to him and that I'm usually hard headed. And I said, I want to do everything else. I wanted to see where my gift could take me. And I don't believe anybody should allow other people to put them in a box. I wasn't designed to be in a box. I was designed to be out here in the world. And the world is way too big for a small box. And I love that too. I love that idea of of trying different things. Again, I think too often photographers might feel like they have to stick, as you just said, stick to whatever genre that they are specializing or promoting in and as you said, you get so much more out of trying other things. You learn from them. I can't speak too much from the photography side, but again, I was big in sports, playing different. I played so many different sports growing up, and they all helped in the other sport. I, you know, I was a, my main thing was a goalkeeper in soccer, but I played tennis. Man, all the lateral nice. kills you do in tennis, you know, it was right. a perfect yes. translation yes. translation yeah. of playing goalkeeper. And so it's it's such a good thing to try different mm-hmm. things because they can help you in so many different ways. So I, I really love that. And even though I'm definitely a millennial, I just, you know, I'm not going to bad talk social media too much. I'm in marketing. I can't do it nowadays. <laughs> but right, 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 that right. old fashioned, you know, that's, that's how the world works. That old fashioned, knowing people, getting connected, getting to know the person. Like that's, that's like you say, that's really, really where the value is. Um, so this is, this is awesome. This is really great. And so we've talked about now how we can get clients in the door, how we can maybe keep them around if we want to, if you want to be a wedding photographer mm-hmm. and stick to that, that's fine. Uh, let's go to the middle part now though, and, um, talk about kind of the selling and particularly with, with print products. Um, how, uh, when it comes to the, 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 the print products and the selling, what is it like with you uh, and your brand? Um, it's exclusive and, Especially when a pandemic happened, you know, people really wanted to have something tangible in their hands to say, wow, this is my family. They wanted to preserve the memories that they had because many people that I knew were losing family members to this pandemic um, with people catching COVID. And also, I feel like we are always sharing everything to social media. And many clients don't have any tangible prints, you know? So when we give them galleries, the galleries are great, but where are they storing these galleries? You know, when they download the photos, it's on a thumb drive or they put it on their computer, the computer dies, the th- they lose it. The prints last forever. You know, especially when it's something like wall art that you're hanging up, your, your clients typically love that. And that's the part when I like them to meet in my studio and I will show them mock-ups. I use many things, whether it's from Fundy Design, which is what I use uh, for now with InPhoto. And I show a client like, hey, this is what your wall will look like with your artwork, with you know metallic uh, photos, with acrylic photos. This is what it will look like. This is what your wedding album will look like. And I try, I, not try, but we have conversations and we let people know when you're doing prints, think about your past and then think about your future. And what I mean by that is this. Back in the day when I was growing up, grandma and everybody else, they used to, when family came over, they tried to embarrass you. 
they go down underneath that that big old time clock that they had and bring out these old dusty books, blow it off. And it was these beautiful photos. And at that time, you were laughing, like, oh my God, look at me. This is when I was a baby. I had soap in my hair. Oh my goodness, why did you get me with my diaper half off? You know, why did you get me with my diaper on my head? You know, oh my goodness, this photo of me, I'm I was missing a tooth in grammar school. And you think about that then, but then now as you get older, you say to yourself, oh my goodness, I really wish I had those photos. And so now you can be in a position to when you tell people, hey, don't be that person to miss out on those moments. Hang them in your home. And I talk about the importance of those prints. And one example, which is a sad one, is one of my clients, uh, when she got married, her husband died uh, four weeks after they got married. And she had the digital files, but she said, I really want something that I could see him when I walk in my home every day. And so she ended up ordering one of the biggest prints I've ever printed and sold at that time. And now when she walks in, she sees this image, but not only she sees it, but her children has a reminder of what they look like. Because sometimes you start looking for photos and in your memories and Facebook and they pop up, but you're like, dang, I remember when I posted that, I wish I had it. You know, and so I, I talk to the clients about fear of loss and also preserving history, preserving something that's special to you. And I feel like when you can have those conversations and relate to people, then that's when it just starts taking the shape of its own. And then people will start understanding. And once you, you put value to what you have, and I like doing that in person because some people are so afraid to get in front of people and talk to them, have these conversations. But when you can get in front of them and show them a tangible product, they will say to themselves, oh, my goodness, this actually is beautiful. So when they have their hands on it, they don't want to let go and they can envision to see themselves in those photos. And that's how I end up getting majority of my uh, sales with my books and my artwork. It's beautiful. You have me sold, too. Wow. <laughs> 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 How do you do it? Like, do you have just like packages set up? Is it a la carte for you? Do you have a certain, are there only a few types of uh, uh, print products that you offer? Or do you kind of offer whatever offer somebody's asking for? I only offer two books. I keep it simple. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like when they have so many different options, they're like, ah, and then they talk themselves out of it. it, it and I'll, I'll give an example. It's like a person. I remember when I first got into wedding photography, I had a 70 to 200 in a 24 to 70, and I had a macro lens. All I had, right? It was simple. It was easy. I knew which lens I was going to pick for this, which lens I was going to pick for that. Good to go. I have over 30 plus lenses now. And sometimes I'd be like, which one am I going to take? Which one am I going to take? Which one am I going to take? Which I make it difficult for myself sometimes, right? Um, and I love all my glass. They all have their different... Uh, you they have their purposes for what I use it, whether it's a 50 or 24 or 16, it, it just depends on what I'm using it for. But because I have so many options, sometimes it's like, mm. so as a professional, if I'm feeling that way, I can only imagine what a client is feeling like when they have all these different things they got to go through. So I give them two books, a, a basic book that's more affordable. And then my top end book, that's it. And then they get to choose between different prints and wall art. Now that's a bit more of a selections, 
But my wedding books, I, I keep it very simple. They could choose them in different colors. They could do like a velvet. Um, they could do all black, red, you know, those kind of things we can go through. But as far as the specifications of a book, it's a 10 by 10, 12 by 12, you know, mm. and, and let's keep it moving. So uh, but I find it that they are very decisive and they they choose quicker and it just makes my workflow so much easier. And that's why I sell so much prints and, and artwork. Keep it simple as best best for everybody. That that's great advice too. But yep. so you did say with the books you have the two options, but then you do offer prints and then wall decor. But you kind of cap it at that. And when you say prints, do you mean uh, really kind of traditional prints, loose prints, or or is there something something else? That you're um, use prints? So typically on my client. Um, so now, thanks to Eugene over here, I may be switching from Pixie set to. Uh, what is it? Pick time. Pick time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I like the fact that my clients, when they get the galleries, the parents and family members literally can kick a click a photo and order prints right there, whether it's an eight by 10, five by six, whatever the case may be. Um, and they have it shipped right to them. So I, I love those kind of options that makes it so much easier for my clients so that I don't have to kind of do everything. Look at Paul. Hey, Paul. Talking about pick time. Yeah. Um, and wrote Regina, my sister from Chicago. So, um, yeah, it looks like they're giving a thumbs up to pick time, Eugene. So it looks like I'm going to be making that transition. Thank you, sir. Do it. Do it. It's been great for us ever since we started partnering with them. So many photographers love them. And if you, you were using them by the time we, we partnered with them. So I recommend it to Jermaine. We're there. I'm going we're there. I'm going, I'm going, it makes it easy because right now, um, with the setup that we have right now, um, you, you cannot get in photo and I cannot be a part of something if I'm an ambassador that is not going to be beneficial for me and the company. So I will be moving to pick time from Pixie Set. And now my clients can just go there and order prints right there, whether it's matted prints, whether it's loose prints, um, they can get it right from there. And it's such a simple transition. Well, you're on the record now, Jermaine. This is recorded. I am. <laughs> this is yes, live. it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I should work for big time too. Um, yeah, but uh, it really is. It's just really, it's really helpful. We're in contact with Pixie Set. We're trying to make it, but you know, it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, so it'd be I best. I got on Pixie Set, so it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so this is kind of getting to to where I wanted to get to anyway. When when um you know, upselling, making an extra sale. Is this with a client? Is this something that you're, you, you will kind of actively do, or do you just let the situation take care of itself? Uh, how do you handle that opportunity potentially of, of getting, I hate asking these questions because it makes it sound so, so slick, but how do you handle that potential get, of getting a little bit more uh, out of a client? Do you let it happen naturally or do you try to invoke it a little bit? Um, typically when I send the online gallery, and my online galleries are typically only like it's not even large enough for them to print anyway. So they'll have to come back to me either way. And when it comes to that, I typically in the message, I already talk about upselling, about, you know, preserving moments. And but that is usually set also even during the wedding or before the wedding. If they're coming to my studio, they'll see photos that's printed. They'll see the wedding books, they'll see those new beautiful in photo layouts. And so, you know, they're already like, oh my goodness, I think I want this. And by the time the wedding comes around and I'm taking photos, 
I'm already in their minds setting certain gems and I'm dropping stones so they can be like, hmm, I think I need a wedding book. So when I'm shooting a certain shot and I'm like, oh my God, this shot looks great. I'm going to hang this up in my studio. You need to hang this on your wall. And they're like, oh my God, that will look great in the living room. I think it would. And so I intentionally shoot either horizontally or vertically uh, so that I know exactly what I'm setting up for because I know in my mind what I want this print to look like. And so I'm shooting exactly for that. And that's what makes them come to an understanding of like, oh, you know what? I do need this. And so when the wedding's over with and they have their images, they already know which images that they want to go up in their house and on their wall. And then in that conversation, when I'm emailing them and I'm sending it in, into the little spot where you can send the information to, they are well aware that, hey, the photo that I talked about, these are it right here. Let's make sure that we get those printed. How many would you like? You know, so I usually ask a, a question that's an, is it, what is it, an open-ended question? So you mm -hmm. open it with a question, but really ended it with a statement. So how many do you want? You know, not, do you want one of these? Because if you ask, hey, do you want one of these? They're gonna be like, mm, maybe, I don't know. But if you say, well, how many of these do you want? Now they're like, oh, do I want two or just one? You know, and now it's not, am I getting it or not? Is it, it now it's two or one or more, you know? And those are the conversations that I lean on. So I advise any photographer, if you want to be successful at selling prints and anything, learn about sales. Um, I, I used to be in network marketing a long time ago. I used to be in sales and I am always, it's ABC, always be closing. I'm always closing the client. I don't ask too many questions. I get straight to it and we make it happen. I was going to say, we need you uh, for our marketing team too. <laughs> <laughs> the way <laughs> I think fr framing the question, you know, the way you frame the question, like you say, you almost don't give them the option, but in a nice way, mm -hmm. you kind of don't give them the option of, of zero. You say, how many would you like? That makes them think exactly. at least one, if not more. That, that's a great way to put it. It's a small mm -hmm. detail, but as I say, the devil is in the details. It is. Uh, it's it those is. little nuances. There are photographers... Um, who don't offer print products, they stick to digital. Okay. They can do, they can do what they want to. But uh, I sometimes hear people say that the, there are some reasons uh, that the print might kind of be difficult. What, what do you think are some challenges that photographers might have when deciding to offer print or if they want to offer print products? Um, I think it's just the education of it. I think once people become more informed, they'll understand that one, they can make more money, but two, it actually helps your clients. Because eventually what happens is they'll come back and say, hey, you, I lost that file you sent me. Can you resend me more? There's this one photo that I want and I really want to get it blown up. And my thing is like, uh, you don't want that money? I do. You know, so um, we're in a, it's a business. So not only are we creating moments and doing things like this, but it's a business. And if you're going to be a business, you have to act as a business. And I don't I don't, you know, if a company or a photographer says, I don't want to offer prints, I'm not going to be mad at them for not doing it. I mean, that just means it's more of a market for me. It allows me to go out there and show that, hey, this is what I offer, you know, and I want to make sure that when you're printing, you go through me. I don't want you going through Shutterfly, some crappy company, you know, trying to print my work, you know, like I want you to come to me and understand that, hey, we have a relationship and I want you guys to understand that with that relationship, you're entrusting me to give you the best print, the 
And when you go through the photographer, we're making sure that everything is done the right way. So before they even get it, we doing it. We're doing a quality check so that they'll love it too. So, you know, it's just being around the right circle of friends. And this is why conferences are so important because some of the conferences that I went to have been very instrumental in understanding how much money we've left on the table by not adding prints, by not adding certain packages to where clients can get the most out of it. But then it also sets you apart from other companies because if other companies are not offering prints, you are a full service company and you are an actual legitimate business. And that separates you from the competition. Well said. In terms of quality control, I just want to add that at a place like Enphoto Lab, we do a quality control as well before the yes. products are even sent out. Yes, and do. we do. There are times when we catch things and we put it back or or we quality control even projects that photographers send in. So before it even gets to the print, if, if we mm -hmm. we know our machines, we know our products, we know what's going to look good and what's not going to look good. So we will even catch something uh, before it gets to the print and we'll double check if we're unsure. Uh, so I, I never discourage people from doing a quality control of their, of their selves once they finally Absolutely. get there. But that's something that we we do take care of as well. So yeah. that's a benefit of working uh, working with us. And another thing I wanted sure. to ask you too is I know we threw out a few names. Let's really put it out there because a lot of times you'll hear photographers say they don't have the time maybe to offer print. But there's a lot of ways that photographers can offer print. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things out there that will help them to save time with them. What are some nice, again, you've mentioned some already, some nice applications, software programs that professional photographers can use to offer print and save them some time? Um, You know, right now I'm currently using Pixie Set, but we'll be transitioning mm -hmm. over to Pit Time. Um, and, you know, it, it makes the job easier instead of you having to print things. I think sometimes people they don't understand the print world and how it works. They think that they got to go get a printer and they have to print it off and do all these different things. But literally a person can go to your website or your online gallery, click something and Enphoto is going to print this out, make sure that the quality is great and they'll send it right off. You know, And in most cases, we don't have to check it, but I, I like to be able to get it so I can hand deliver it to an actual client because I want to get their reaction. And sometimes I want to record that reaction because then that sells to other clients. So um, Pixie Set, Pick Time is great. Um, I love uh, companies like Fundy Design that I'm an ambassador for, where it makes designing albums so much easier. They even have one that's auto, where it automatically sets it up and categorizes how your album should be. And then you could just kind of pick and choose where or where you don't want a photo and how you want the layout to be. But there's so many applications. But for me, it's Fundy Design, it's InPhoto, and it is Pick Time. Those are my three, and my organization goes through HoneyBook. So there are many ways that uh, this can be done in an easy, efficient way. And when it comes to Fundy, I just want to mention we are partnered with Fundy. We love Fundy. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Uh, but we do understand that it can be a cost for photographers. So we also have our own in-house online designing program, which even includes an automatic designing feature that uh, Jermaine mm. is mentioning as well. Uh, it's free. Yeah. It's online. So we're not. You feel free to use Fundy if you got it. But know that the, we have this option available as well for somebody who might not be using Fundy or is on the fence about Fundy. Uh, we have in-house for you a way to do nice. it as well. Um, we also offer templates that you can use to design and design on the templates in Photoshop, whatever, upload them very quickly to our system. So again, there are many ways. I don't, 
I don't like the excuse of it's, it's too much time because it's not very right. much time anymore. Right. And the, again, the money you can get back for it again, anytime you, you spend, you can put it in the cost. <laughs> so exactly, you can put yeah. it in the cost. That so, is true. Um, Okay. Well, you know what, Jermaine, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a one. You've thrown out so much great advice for, for our audience and for our viewers out there. I want to, I want to close one more time, just letting our audience know where you're going to be uh, speaking uh, in the near future and also how they can connect with you. Got you. So I will be at WPPI. Um, that is this month in August. I am teaching on a Monday, I believe at 12 PM. I will also be judging the print competition as well. I will be at the photo cookout in October. Um, that is in Florida. I will be doing a wedding style shoot. Uh, I will also be at Imaging USA teaching, uh, and that is in January. So I do not have the exact dates in front of me right now. I apologize, but you can literally find them online for any of those, whether it's WPPI, whether it's the photo cookout or whether it is imaging but you are also more than welcome to come and send me any questions that you guys may have. I have my photo workshop coming up that will be in Chicago for my wedding workshop to teach you how to shoot weddings from beginning to end um, at the beautiful Stan Mansion. Uh, we're going to start it off at $1,200 uh, per ticket. We're only doing 10. That's for early registration. Um, I'm sorry, for early registration, it's 1000 but then as it gets closer, it's going to go back up to 1200 um, but we're only doing 10 and it's a full scale from beginning to the end. How to shoot a wedding from the details, from macro ring shots to cake shots to shooting the entire room to portraits. Um, we're even going to have a bus that's going to take us out to Logan Square to do some amazing photos out in Chicago. So it is a full scale production um, that's going into this. So hope you'll join me and be a part of it. The JH Experience which I think will now be dubbed the Velocity uh, Photo Conference or Photo Workshop. And I love the word Velocity because it means going at a high rate of speed, but still respecting time. So we want our individuals to go at a high rate of speed with learning, but still respect the craft that's in front of them and everything and everyone that came before them. Oh, I love that. I love that, the Velocity. I love how you described Velocity there. Be sure to check out all of Jermaine's platforms. We have them listed again. I'm sure he'll post information about these events coming up as well in case you missed it. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone in the audience and anybody catching the replay. Thank you, Jermaine, so much for joining us. Take care, everybody. Thank you for having me.